Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the LifePoint Christian Church Podcast. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to LifePoint. I got to tell you, I really miss being physically present with you and being together physically. But, I, you know, we're still meeting online together, and, and we can be together in spirit. I'm going to ask that you pray with me as we dive into the Word together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Almighty God, I pray that, that you would speak to us today, that you would speak powerfully to our hearts, to our souls. God, that you would give us the words we need to hear. Let us know what we need to know, feel what we need to feel. And God, I pray you are glorified through our time together today. We worship you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, i got to tell you, these are unprecedented times that we live in. And there's a lot of words that can be used to describe these times. But you know the word that I think comes to mind the most is the word uncertain or uncertainty. Uh, There are lots of questions about life that you and I have right now that we didn't have two or three or four weeks ago that revolve around uncertainty. You know, a lot of us, we're uncertain right now about our jobs or about our paychecks. I think about LifePoint family members who are business owners, and you're uncertain about the paychecks that you're thinking about or getting ready to write or are uncertain about uh, what that's going to look like. Some of you are are, are uncertain about your paycheck and whether or not you're going to get one. Is the next check going to be your last one for a while? And there's just a lot of uncertainty around what's next. We are uncertain about our, our health care system and, and what's next with that. We're uncertain about our own health. We have homeschool parents who've been on the job now for two or three weeks, and there's a whole lot of uncertainty that surrounds them and, and their ability to homeschool. There's just a, a lot of uncertainty, uncertainty about our, our economy as a whole and what's next and how long will this last. I think about LifePoint members David and Christy Pepsney, who they just recently started the process of raising funds so that they could be missionaries to, to go work at Tenwick Hospital in Kenya. And here, this, this virus and hits, and all of a sudden, that throws everything up in the air for what they've been planning to do. And so a family like that, there's just a whole lot of uncertainty that surrounds them and their life and their future. You know, we just don't do well with uncertainty. We know the stock market especially doesn't do well with uncertainty. And so what's our normal response to uncertainty? Typically, we respond with a sense of anxiety, a sense of fear, a sense of dread, and maybe even a sense of panic. But the question is, how should we respond to uncertainty? How should we act? And how is it that we should react Well, for starters, let's not forget, let's remind ourselves over and over and over again that in all of this uncertainty, that God is for us. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 says this, if God is for us, who can be against us? And I know that looks like it's a question, but it's not meant to be a question. It's more a statement of fact that God is for us. There's certainly a lot that is against us right now. This virus is against us. The economy seems to be against us or for for a lot of people. We're stuck at home. There's the loneliness. There's the isolation. There's the canceled everything, the canceled vacation. 
I have to tell you, this isn't the first crisis that we faced. It's not the last crisis that we're going to face. There's going to be crisis in the future. And I got to tell you, we're going to get through this. Romans chapter 8 tells us that God is still for us. That God will prevail. In fact, it's in these unprecedented times that this God who is for us, that He moves in unprecedented ways. And I want to talk this morning about how we can hang on to that. How we can hang on to that in these uncertain times. How do we feed our faith in these uncertain times? Well, to do that, I want to go back to Psalm 23. We were looking at this last week, so you can go in your Bibles or you can go on your phone to the YouVersion Bible app and we'll pick it up in Psalm 23. You can begin to turn there now. And we're going to start in Psalm 23, verse 1, and it says this. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, this shepherd sheep uh, uh, theme runs throughout the Bible, and, and we see the shepherd sheep relationship theme mentioned over 700 times in the Bible. And when you look back at church history, especially in the, the early centuries, they really hung on to the idea, they hung on to the image that God is their good shepherd. It was one of the core images that got the church through the persecutions, that got them through the poverty and the difficulty and even the plagues and the viruses and the loss. They faced it all, hanging on to their good shepherd and to his hand. And you and I, we need to do that as well today. Psalm chapter 23, verse 4, it says this, Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. David, who wrote this, who he himself was a shepherd, he says that even though I walk through the darkest valley, we looked last week that that, that word darkest, the words darkest valley means the shadowest of shadows. But you know what else it can be translated as? It can be translated as the darkest of darks. Man, I got to tell you, there is nothing worse than trying to move or move forward or to navigate in pitch blackness. Have you ever found yourself in that kind of situation where it is completely pitch black and you need to move forward and you're afraid to take a step? You're not sure what's around you. You're feeling with your hands. You are totally uncertain when you are in the darkest of dark. Even in that situation, in the darkest of dark, even in the uncertainty, David said, I will not be afraid. Listen, David isn't saying, I'm not going to be afraid because of what the government is doing for us right now. David isn't saying, I'm not going to be afraid because of what the scientists are doing or because the supply chains are working. No, David isn't afraid because he believes with all his heart that God is still with him. God is close. God is beside him. Because if God is still with him, this means that God will get him through that God will move, that God will act, that God will show up even in the darkest darks, even in the uncertainty. And so there is no need to be afraid. You and I need to remember that today in these unprecedented, unprecedented times, in these times of uncertainty, in our darkest of darks, we need to remember that God is close, that God is with us, that God is besides us, and beside us. And you know what that means? That means that God is right there, that God is guiding us. God is guiding us. 
In these times of uncertainty, you and I, we need to remember God is guiding us. God is guiding you. It's hard to know what steps to take right now. I mean, it really is. Or what to do next. We had so many plans, all of us, that have just gotten uprooted or changed. And the timelines, they keep getting pushed back and extended for weeks and weeks to now even months and months. It doesn't appear as if we're even going to be meeting together anytime soon. As a staff, we have been talking constantly about all of these what-ifs, and we're asking God in the midst of all of the uncertainty to guide us in our decision-making. I think about one of our staff members here who has, uh, 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 her grandpa has COVID-19. And so it's hit us now, even, even as a staff and as a church family, and she's praying right now. And she's asking God to guide her as to whether or not, you know, how close to get and what should she be doing and should she care for him or should she not. It's an impossible situation that needs God's guidance. She needs God to guide her. You know, my son Kobe and his fiancée Amanda have a June 5th wedding day. And it has started to look more and more improbable for that to occur with just all the uncertainty around what's going on for them. And so they began to just pray and pray and asking God to guide them. And so they called us this week, this last week, excuse me, and they said, hey, you know what, we think we want to just go ahead and get married now. And so we listened to that and we heard them and, and we said, you know, we're going to support you guys, however, you, whatever you want to do. And so they discovered that that same day, the Orange County Courthouse had closed down and was no longer issuing licenses. Well, the next morning, very early in the morning, they got up and they, they drove out to the San Bernardino Courthouse because that was going to be the final day that was open. And they didn't know how it was going to go. And they get there and, and, and the line was just as long as you can imagine. But they were able to go there and do that. And as they were doing that, they, they, and he had, Kobe had even called me and said, Dad, well, what if we can't get in? And what if we can't actually get a license? And I said, well, you got to pray about it. And we'll be praying, you know, is this going to be, uh, you know, one of those, you know, married before God, but not before the state of California? You know, we'll have to deal with that. And we'll have to think about that. And we'll have to pray about that. We'll ask God to guide us. Well, they did end up getting the license. And so this past weekend, Kobe and Amanda had their coronavirus wedding. <laughs> I got to tell you, it, it was something else. You can see the, a couple of the pictures there on the screen. But man, they spent a lot of time thinking about it and praying about it, asking God to guide them in the midst of what was so important for them. But now everything was so uncertain. It wasn't their original plan. All of a sudden, they went from having months and months to plan to having only four days to plan a wedding. And rather than having a room full of people, a church full of people, they just had a handful of people present. But it was an incredible time that we had together. In times of uncertainty, I gotta tell you, it is good to celebrate. It's good to celebrate and to celebrate the joy we can have together. And so you need to look for ways and I need to look for ways to celebrate in these times of uncertainty. We, we need to find those ways to celebrate. And, and our family, the Delft's family, we have that opportunity and we are blessed to be a part of that. And so we all need to hold on tight to the fact that God is our shepherd, which means God is guiding us.
And look how God described, uh, uh, or how David described God's guidance. David said this, Psalm 23, verse 4, he said, You, God, are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. Now, your rod and your staff, let's talk about that. A shepherd would carry a rod to defend the sheep from the, from the wild animals or from other animals. The rod for the Jewish people was a symbol, was a picture of authority and power. And so here we have God, uh, God's authority and God's power that was involved in, in, in David's life. And he had that. He carried that rod. And we need to hold on to that, that God is our good shepherd who has authority who has control. And let's hold on to that. The shepherd would also use a staff, and that staff would have a crook at the end of it, and he would use that to loving, or she would use that to lovingly guide the sheep, to get them on the right path, to guide them in the way that they should go. And so God lovingly guides you and guides me and keeps us on track or brings us back on track. And we need to hold on to that as well. In David's darkest of darks, in his uncertainty, see, David, it says he was comforted by the fact that God was in control, that God was guiding and God was protecting, and this should comfort us in the midst of our fears right now, in the midst of any uncertainties that you have. Well, next, in uncertain times, God is close, God is beside me, which means God is our provider. That God is your provider. Now, there are lots of emotions flying around right now. And I'm sure you're having some good days and some not so good days. In fact, you know, one of the ways that we get through a crisis is to take God more seriously, but to take ourselves a little less seriously. Now, I'm not talking about making light of the situation we're in, but you know what? We need to be able to laugh. We really do. Things are serious enough right now, so laughing is a good thing to maybe even help us cope a little bit with what's going on. In fact, maybe you've been seeing all the different memes that are coming in and all the different pictures that have been emailed around. I thought I'd put up just a couple of them right now that are kind of floating out there. The first one here is this. Notice on your screen, here's a mom working from home with her kids all tied up. You know, she's got to still get work done, right? She's got to still do that. And maybe some of you moms or dads, you felt that way and you've thought of doing that and now you have a good idea. Or what about this one? If you have to get a haircut, here's what happens in the new coronavirus era. Here's what's going to happen when you go to to the stylist. Well, speaking of haircuts, what about this next one? Some are going to forego haircuts. So here is a son's hair for next year's school pictures. (laughs) And some of you, this might end up being you or your kids. And then I love this next one. This is the next one. This is going to be popular in the coming season. We have toilet paper earrings, right? Toilet paper earrings. And so I expect when we're back together, some of you are going to be walking in wearing toilet paper earrings. And then perhaps my favorite one is this one right here. Notice what it says. Grandpa, tell us again about the great toilet paper famine of 2020. (laughs) Oh, man, that's going to be a good one. That's great. Hey, we really do. we got to laugh in times of crisis. We need to be able to do that. 
And even with all the feelings and confusion and uncertainty, David said something. He said, God can still be our provider. God can still bless us. Let's look at this. Psalm 23, verse 5. It says, you, God, prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with what? What does that word say? My cup overflows with? With blessings. With blessings. Our life can overflow with blessings even as David says when we are in the presence of our enemies. And it sure feels like there's just kind of a lot of enemies around us right now with all that is happening. You know, it is easy to believe God is blessing you and I when things are going great, isn't it? When things are moving up and to the right, as, as we kind of say in leadership circles or in, or in business circles, it's easy to believe that God is blessing us when the economy is soaring, when our stocks are doing great, when, when our retirement account is healthy. It's easy to believe God is blessing us when, and you can fill in the blank for you. Maybe it's easy to believe God is blessing us when we have good relationships or, or good health or a good job or, or good friendships or just when life is good. But what about when life gets hard? What about when life gets difficult? We need to hang on to the flat fact that God is still the blesser, even in the midst of difficulty. It is possible. So you and I have to really grab a hold of this. It is possible, even though we don't know what's coming next, even though in these times of uncertainty, it is possible for you to say and for me to say, just like David said, my cup overflows. My cup overflows. And that's not just positive thinking. Listen, that's biblical thinking. It's easy to focus right now on everything around us that is closed. But right now, there's, everything isn't closed. There are some real things that God wants to teach you and God wants to teach me about who God is and, and about what He can do in our lives, even in the midst of, of all that is closed and all that is difficult. Because when this is all over, if your life or my life stays the same and remains unchanged, that would be a tragedy. Because God isn't closed. Faith isn't closed. And in this season, we want to allow God to grow us, to develop us, and to mature our faith. You, you know what isn't closed? I think about this. I think about our first responders. They're not closed. Grocery stores aren't closed. Healthcare isn't closed. Healthcare workers are not closed and shut out. Truckers are not closed. Supply chains aren't closed. These are not closed. And I got to tell you, I'm so grateful. And I hope you're grateful for all those who are serving the public right now. They are not closed. But here's what you really need to know. Here's what you need to take hold of and just have it soak into your spirit. The church of Jesus Christ is not closed. I want to hear an amen through your computer, through your phone, through your TV. The church of Jesus Christ is not closed. God is still moving. God is still acting. God is still causing blessings to occur. You see, I believe God wants to provide for His people. And our cup can overflow with blessings, even for like David, 
even in our times of difficulty, even in our times of uncertainty, even in times of sickness, even in times of diseases. See, I think one of the primary ways that God wants to provide for us is through us. God wants to provide for us through us, through the church community. See, we really want to, during this season, we want to be connected with others during this time. And there's a lot of different ways that we can stay connected. And whether that's using uh, pro, uh, Zoom or Google Hangouts or Skype or FaceTime, there are different ways that you and I can stay connected. We are working right now as a staff behind the scenes to try to get everything set up so that we can get groups uh, uh, together and rolling again creating small groups that you can join in and be a part of. And we really want you to be a part of those. We want to create some worship time so we can come together virtually. Trev and the team are are working on that and trying to figure that out. And we want to lead together in that and lead in worship. You know, next week, we're going to start having church members who will be doing daily devotion, daily devotions, excuse me, on LifePoint's social media accounts. So if you don't have Facebook or Instagram, I really want to encourage you, sign up for those, and then we want you to follow us. It'll be on the screen there on how to do that. We want you to follow us, and so you can stay connected. One of the ways that God is providing for us is that we, uh, and providing for us, through us, through our church community, is by serving in appropriate ways. And last week, you as a church responded in an incredible way to our gift of groceries request. So many of you signed up, and I just got to say, way to go, LifePoint. You guys are so incredible. You're so amazing. But there's something else we need. We need people in our church who are willing to reach out to other people, willing to get on the phone and to make calls, to check in with people in our church, to see how they're doing, to see if people need anything, to see how you can pray for them or how we as a church can pray for them. So we're looking for people right now who say, I want to do that. I want to make calls. I want to be a part of caring for the church family. You see, generosity can explode in ways that we could have never imagined in this season. Maybe for you, generosity explodes as you just become a a, a word of encourager, a generous words of encourager person. And you just start saying, man, I am going to encourage as many people as I can. Maybe for you, your generosity will flow through prayer and you will just become a person who prays more than you ever have as you pray for others or pray for someone. Maybe for some of you, it's doing virtual gatherings with some of your friends, some of the people you know, and you try to bring hope to those who maybe you know that don't have a lot of hope. Maybe for you, your generosity will explode by making meals for other people or providing meals for others. We have a family in our church right now these last couple weeks. They've been making meals every night and they've been taking them to people's houses and dropping them on the the doorstep and, and knocking on the door and they're dashing away and they're providing meals and that's just so awesome. God may want to provide for his people through us, through you. So how about you say, I'm going to look for ways that I can be a light, that generosity can overflow from me, through me to others, to point people to hope. The church of Jesus Christ, it's not closed. 
The church of Jesus Christ is open, and we're open to be used by God to bring hope to this world. But I want you to think about this as well. God is not closed either. God is not closed either. God is not canceled Jesus isn't canceled. The Holy Spirit isn't canceled. Faith isn't canceled. Love isn't canceled. Joy isn't canceled. Happiness isn't canceled. Time with your friends isn't canceled. Character isn't canceled. Listening to podcasts isn't canceled. Devotions with your family, that isn't canceled. Spending quality time with God, that isn't canceled. And communion with your church family isn't canceled either. Next Sunday, we're going to try to do something together. We are going to participate in the Lord's Supper in communion together. So here's what we need you to do this week. We need you to get some juice and and get some bread. And, And when we gather together next Sunday, we are going to participate in communion together. We're going to be together in front of the Lord's table together. It will be virtually or remotely, but we're going to do that together. There's lots of things that are still open. And you and I, we've got to lean into those things that will feed our faith and will starve our fears. And we'll allow God to fill our hearts and fill our lives with good things until our cup overflows with blessings. Seriously, church, this can be an incredible season where our cup can overflow with so much blessing in our life. And what I want to do is I want to read a scripture from Hebrews chapter 13. I encourage you to turn there now. And I think this is a passage of scripture that, that I would encourage you to hold on to this week and this entire series. It's Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, and let me give you some context. It's going to start off with a promise, and then there will be a confession, or it will be our response to the promise. And it says this, here's the promise, Hebrews 13, 5, it says this, For God has said, here's the promise, I will never what? I will never what? I will never fail you. I will never what? I will never abandon you. I want you to close your eyes right now. Just wherever you are, close your eyes and hear God say this. Close your eyes. Just listen. Here is God speaking to you. I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Keep your eyes closed. I will never fail you, God says. I will never abandon you. I want you to open your eyes now. I want you to cling to that. I want you to hear that. This is the promise of God right now to you. God says, I will never fail you. I will never fail you. And the verse goes, on so we can say our response to God in light of his promise so we can say with what what is the word we can say with what does it say we can say with confidence the Lord is my helper so I will have no fear what can mere people do to me man there are a lot of things flying around around right now but I got to tell you confidence isn't one of those right that that's not flying around but you and I the Bible says we can say with confidence The Lord is my helper. So the promise is this. God will never fail you. God will never abandon you. God will never walk away from you. God will never leave you. And our response to God's promise is with confidence we can say, I will have no fear. So how about you say verse 6 with me? I encourage you to do that out loud, audibly. Let's say it together. Verse 6. Here we go. The Lord is my helper. 
So I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Let's say it again. The Lord is my helper. I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? And I want you to hang on to that this week, this month, during this entire season. Listen, the headlines, they're going to get worse. That's a guarantee. The more people are tested, the more things are going to get worse, the more the economy is going to be impacted. But you and I need to remind ourselves, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. We might see our family situation get worse. Frustrations kind of start building up. Tensions start building up. And we need to remind ourselves, the Lord is my helper. So I will not be afraid. We might look at our bank account and we're not sure where our next paycheck is coming or where our next payroll is coming from. We need to remind ourselves, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. We're going to look around and we're going to be tempted to, to panic as we see more and more people get sick. We might have family or friends get sick. We might get sick, but we need to remind ourselves, the Lord is my helper, so I will not be afraid. Some of you are homeschool parents for the very first time, and man, your heart and mind, you're just, it's all exploding. You need to remind yourself, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Some of you want to go to the worst case scenario in your head. You need to remind yourself, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. We just need to speak this message over and over and over and over to our hearts and our minds and our souls. Maybe, just maybe one day you walk into the bathroom, you look in the mirror, Maybe there's tears flowing down your face. And God says to you, I'll never leave you. I will never abandon you. I will guide you. I will provide for you. And so you're looking in the mirror and you're thinking and you're praying to God and you just respond and you say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. And that is how you and I face the times that we're in. That is how you and I face the days we're in. That's how you and I face the uncertainty that we are in. We don't deny it. We walk through it, just like David did. Even in the darkest days, God said to David, I will not abandon you. I will never fail you. So you and I, we can say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. I don't know about you, but I'm going to hold God to his word. I'm going to hold God to it. And I'm going to hang on to that promise with all that I have. And I'm saying, God, show up. God, do a miracle. God, act. God, move on our behalf. David goes on and says and closes out the psalm saying this in verse 6, Surely, God, your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. You see, goodness and mercy is what God is chasing us down. God is pursuing us with His goodness and His mercy in this life and the next. You know, we've been singing the song recently, Goodness of God. And in that song, there's a lot of incredible words. It's almost like uh, it was written based on Psalm 23. And it says this, it says, uh, your goodness is running after me. Here's what I want you to do this week. I want you to listen to that song over and over and over this week. I want you to worship to that. And I want you to meditate on Psalm 23. Together do that. I want you to worship God through the song, the goodness of God. I want you to sing that, worship that, own that, speak it, the truth into your life as you meditate on Psalm 23. Finally, David says, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. 
We live in a fallen world. The Bible never denies that. But we have hope that is bigger than a broken world for these times of uncertainty. Hope that is bigger than this life. We have the hope that we will ultimately live in the house of the Lord forever, that we will be with the Lord forever. These are unprecedented times. They're uncertain times. And in unprecedented times, God moves and works in unprecedented ways. So remember, God is our shepherd, our good shepherd, who is guiding us, who is leading us, who is protecting us, who is providing for us. He's our helper so that our cup can overflow with blessings. And his goodness, amen, is going after us. It's pursuing us. So we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to fear. Maybe you're here this morning and you have never crossed the line of faith. And I want to give you an opportunity right now to reach out to God. This can be a powerful, life-changing moment. All the uncertainty that is maybe swirling around in your life, you know what you don't have to be uncertain about? About where you spend eternity. You can have the confidence to know that when you die, you can be with God. How can you have that confidence? The Bible tells us that, that you surrender your life to Jesus Christ. That in faith, you give your life to Jesus Christ because Jesus died on a cross for your sins. He, he, he was buried and then he rose from the dead three days later. And all who would put their hope and their faith and their trust in Jesus, the Bible says you will have the hope of heaven, you will have your sins forgiven, and you will have the gift of eternal life as well as the gift of the Holy Spirit. God will come and live in your life and indwell your heart so that you can have him with you. If you want that, if you want the hope of heaven, if you want to be forgiven of your sins, if you want to experience eternal life and have the Holy Spirit residing in you, to go through these difficult times, I'm going to invite you right now to pray with me. It's not the exact words, but it's more you would mean it in your heart. Let's bow our heads, every single one of us, and let's pray. Lord Jesus, hear us as we call out to you now. We need you more than ever, God, even in these in times of uncertainty. We know, God, that you are our helper, that you provide for us, that you guide us, that our cup can overflow. We don't have to be afraid because our hope and our faith is in you. If you're here this morning and you say, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus, here's what you do. Just pray with me now. Pray something like this. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on a cross for my sins. Thank you for taking my place. As best as I understand right now, I surrender my life to you. I give my life to you. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I don't want to be in, live in fear. I don't want to be in fear as I think about eternity. So I surrender all that I am and all that I have to you. I trust you with my life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Lord Jesus, hear these prayers. We celebrate with the angels in heaven for all those who have just prayed that prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. You can learn more about us by visiting us online at lifepoint.org. If you are ever in the Sacramento area, we would love to see you in person. Events and service times can be found on our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us for our next episode.